preaching in English in a while. Since the last time I was here, so 2021. Uh, but uh, um, we are back from Peru. So we flew into Cleveland uh, Wednesday. We left Cusco Tuesday the 11th. Flew from then to Lima and then Wednesday, Lima to Cleveland. Um, and then um, Cleveland, we drove about an hour to Becca's mom and dad's. Uh, they live up there now. For those of you who don't know, they used to live close, and then they moved to Amish country, practically. It's basically, in or- if you know where Orville, Ohio is, um, they live pretty close to that. But uh, So it it does work out because Cleveland is way cheaper to fly into and out of than Cincinnati, than CBG. I don't know why, but um, it's worked out. And my wife gets to see her mom and dad. So that's an added benefit there. But we were up there for about a week, and then we just got here um, to my mom's Friday, Friday afternoon or evening. So uh, we're getting settled in there. Uh, We're going to be living in between either at my mom's, uh, there where she lives outside of Hamilton near Oxford, or up in Amish country uh, at Becca's mom and dad. So... Um, we'll be in between there um, for I don't know exactly how long. Uh, but real quick, let's. I was trying to figure out, okay, where do we start with an update about the work? Uh, because there's a lot. Um, that's why missionaries usually do a video or pictures so they, they, they don't get off track. It's like they just put that on and then boom. But uh, uh, eventually I will have uh, some pictures and video that you all can see. Uh, but I'll, I'll just start from January, basically. Uh, so our church, Faith Baptist Church, uh, they've known since we went back in October of 2021 that we were going to be handing over the work and we're going to be uh, leaving. And so uh, especially since then, uh, we've been preparing them and ourselves for that. And uh, this past, basically since October uh, well, actually, since last March a year ago, Becca has been slowly getting rid of things, selling things, putting lists together um, to get rid of 18 years of life, basically. Um, so uh, it took us took us a while, but uh, in October we started getting down to business, selling a bunch of our stuff, and then um, actually April 10th, right before we left, everybody came and uh, got the rest of their, their things, and we cleared out our house. Uh, we were able to ship some stuff. We did ship some stuff. Um, we were able to rent a container, part of a container, on a container, on a ship. So it should get here around July, I think. So we didn't ship anything. It, nothing that we needed. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so uh, basically since January, it's all a blur uh, because... Just everything flew by. Um, our landlord that we, we were renting a house um, for the church, and she kicked us out because she wanted her house back. And she gave us an ultimatum. Either we rent for a whole other year, or we get out. <laughs> so our lease, our, the rent was coming up in April. Uh, so... And we had been praying. It was actually the Lord's hand working uh, because we were praying, okay, well, Lord, what do we do? Do we just keep renting this place out? We were comfortable there. And, you know, the Lord, anytime you get comfortable, the Lord has a way of saying, hey, let's shake some things up. Uh, so so the landlord basically kicked us out. Uh, and uh, the Lord was good, uh, as he always is, and provided us a place to rent uh, that is like, a half a block from the property that we bought. Uh, so it, it, in the long run, uh, the Lord answered our prayers and uh, was very good to us in allowing us to find a place. So the place we rent now is a lot smaller than the house that we were renting, um, but we're, the church is sacrificing so that one day you know, we'll have our own building and have, have our own place. Uh, so, I mean... I was trying to figure out how big how big our place was now. So it's not together. 
it's, it's separated by a hallway, and you, you go outside, and you go to another. So it'd be like if you had two storefronts, really thin storefronts, like from the pulpit here, or from the stage to the baptistry, basically. It's, it's 60 square meters, if you know what meters are. Um, so it's, it's 60 square meters, and then the kids' spot is even smaller. Uh, that we're renting, but um, again, the Lord answered prayer, just being able to be so close, and Lord willing, um, it will stir our people to not want to be there too long, and to and to save even more, Lord willing, to be able to uh, uh, help with the, the future building. Uh, so, as far as the, the building project goes, we have not started building yet, we're Still waiting for the plans from the structural engineer. Um, and I'm hoping that he will get us something soon. Every week that I write, um, the architect, he says, today, he will, he's giving them to me. And then somehow, they never show up. So, <laughs> but uh, everything's in the Lord's timing, you know. So, uh, we're just praying about that. Um, they're supposed to be working on the road where the church is... Um, it is literally a river when it rains because we're on a hill and it's dirt. And so all the rain just comes straight down. And I'm not kidding. If there were fish, you could fish in it. It really does look like a river when we get rain. Thankfully, we're almost out of rainy season in Cusco. Uh, so uh, that's, that, that will help. But they're supposed to start working on that road in uh, June. And so from then... We won't be able to get any equipment in to the in there for a good eight months, probably. <laughs> it's Peru, so um, if they say six months, it's probably going to be a year working on the road or longer. Um, so, well, we're just trusting the Lord for that. You know, if the, if, if the Lord wants the church to stay where they're where they are now, then we'll stay there and keep saving money for for future building. Um, but we were able to get, uh, I'm trying to figure out what all we did. Um, so we, we got um, a test, the testimony done for the church. We got, um, we got the constitution done for the church. So the testimony, what that is, is our land and, and everyone around, I mean like blocks and blocks, more than blocks, uh, is neighborhoods are all owned by what the, the community. And so you don't outright get a deed until you actually come independent. You, you become independent from the community. And so what we had to do to be able to get uh, the property secured and say, no, no one can take this property from us. It's ours. Um, uh, the land had to be subdivided. The lot that we were on had to be subdivided. And we had to get uh, what's what they call a testimonial in Peru. Uh, through lawyer, through notary, and uh, so basically, it guarantees our plot of land, and it guarantees that the owners can't go and sell it to someone else or to multiple people. And then we're all like, "Hey, but I got this." Um, and so, there's one more step to get a, a what's called a certificate of possession from the community, um, and um, we we go, we're going to get that. But having the testimony is is basically all that we need legally. So um, that gives the, that, that secures the land. And so uh, now we're just, uh, I, I went before, opened up uh, our archive or our cheap file, a file, what we call it here, a file in the municipality uh, to get water and uh, to start, and then we can get electric after that. Um, so the Lord has been so good to us. Um, he allowed us to see just um, a lot of prayers answered, prayers that we've been praying for probably at least the 16 years that we've been in Cusco and maybe even longer uh, before we got to Cusco. Uh, but uh, he just allowed us to see victories um, with the land, uh, with um, our co-pastor Paul is a married man now. It all happened very quick. I He was single um, last I mean, last October, he, he 
got serious about the, the girl that he married, the lady, I guess I should say the lady that he married. And, uh, and uh, they said, they surprised me one day after church. She's from Lima, which is an hour flight or a 24-hour bus ride through the mountains. Um, so it's not like they, had, they were together and knew each other a whole lot. Uh, other than over the phone, but uh, they surprised me by in October saying, hey, we're going to get married before you leave, which was, I was thinking they probably would, but I was hoping they wouldn't because we had enough on our plate already, and I didn't want to add a marriage into that too, but they decided to get married, uh, so I had to, we had to add that into the schedule as well. They, they just, uh, so we left April 10th, uh, two weeks before that was Paul's wedding, the week after that, we had the organization service for the church um, and, uh, you know, formally organized, which reminds me, I forgot. our. We, we brought something for you all, the church, uh, um, to remember the Faith Baptist Church. Um, the, the founders signed it, at least the ones that were there that night. So I'll try to remember to bring that on Wednesday night. Uh, but... Um, you know, I, I don't know if you all remember, but when we were on furlough in 2019, we were praying about land. You know, we, we were, we even told churches, hey, we're trying to raise money. And I can't remember the, the exact funds told that I said that we were going to be raising. It was at least 100000 I think. And when people think about Peru, they're like, what? You're a third world country. Why in the world do you need $100,000? And basically people took pastors ask me that as well, which I understand. Um, uh, a lot of people don't understand about Cusco being the tourist mecca of, of uh, Peru. And so when you have 2 million people that come and visit um, a city every year, you get a bunch of what Latinos call gringos um, who come with money and who come to pay cash with everything. And so people see your face and automatically think, hey, you got money. And and uh, so prices just skyrocket. I mean, if I told you the price, I mean, we bought a, a for the churches a hundred and ten square meter plot for sixty two thousand seven hundred dollars, and a hundred ten meters. Uh, I mean, a meter is three point three times the times three point three, and you get that square feet. So it's not a big. It's not a big lot. But we praise the Lord, it's ours, and we praise the Lord, he's providing money. So anyways, you know, I think I, I told pastors we were trying to raise $100,000, and basically people told me, hey, that's impossible. And I pretty much believed it as well. I was like, what am I doing asking churches, you know, for $100,000? And I didn't have faith. But when, when, when it's God's timing, um, he works it out, and he, he did uh, because, like I said, we, we raised, I think, $1,000 um, over six months of furlough for land. And then in six months, God gave us over $80,000. And to this date, he's given us 90000 And, you know, that's only what God can do, obviously. And we praise the Lord for, for him doing that because it's definitely not us. And so our church in Peru, it's been great for them. They're amazed. They're amazed at, they're like, churches in the States give, and, and, and they just can't believe. Um, because it, it's just one of those things, I, as like I am, lack of faith as well. But, you know, you just think, okay, yeah, we're going to raise land. And in Peru, people say that all the time. And, and in 30 years, you might have the money you need to, to have property. And that's just the mentality. Like, okay, yeah. We'll see. Uh, and, and the fact that God has given it to us in this amount of time is just uh, amazing and just only what the Lord can do. And so we just, we're thanking the Lord for that, thanking the Lord that Paul um, is married. Now, um, that was a big deal. And, uh, but in, in Peru, it's even bigger. You know, I think in the States, you know, we're, we're used to maybe single preachers somewhat. Of course, the preference is a, a, a married pastor. And, I, you know, there's 
a lot of debate about that. But in, in Peru, I just told our people, look, the Bible does not say that your pastor has to be married. Um, now, I know there's a lot of debate about that, too. So I, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But um, it, in, in, in my own mind, I was praying that he would, the Lord would give him a wife as well, because I know how hard it is, how hard it would have been for him to have to do that. And the awkward situations that can come up and, and, all, and all the dangerous situations that can come up as well. So the Lord answered that prayer as well. And he gave Paul, I wish y'all knew Paul, maybe one day we'll be able to get him here to the States. He does speak uh, pretty good English, uh, but his wife is perfect for him. I mean, she's going to keep him in line. She's going to help him not forget everything. Um, it's, it's just, just in the few weeks we've been able to know her. Um, you can tell she is the helpmate that God had for him. And uh, so uh, moving forward, going forward, um, Lord willing, I'm hoping to go back to Peru and at the end of October to have Paul's ordination, to formally ordain him. Uh, because with everything else going on, uh, we just we, I didn't want to put that in the mix. Like, okay... Start studying right now, buddy. You're, we're, you're having your ordination right after your wedding. But um, so we're going to ordain him, Lord willing, at the end of October. And, uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to check on the building. Hopefully we'll have been able to start something, some sort of foundation or something with the building as well. And so uh, how can you pray for uh, the work? Pray for Paul. Uh, he's only been married a month. And uh, he was only married two weeks and then took over the church. For, uh, so uh, pray for him. He's got a lot of adjustments. Uh, he has no idea how many adjustments he has. And uh, I told him, I was like, I'm, I'm just waiting. It's, it's going to be good. <laughs> but uh, so uh, pray, pray for him and uh, pray for the, the people. Um, it's, it, is, it is adjustment. You know, we've been there for 10 years. Uh, well, actually, almost eleven as starting that church, and so um, it, it's it's a big adjustment for the people as well and for us. Uh, so keep 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 Paul and his wife his his wife's name is Roxana. Uh, keep them in your prayers. Keep Iglesia Bautista Faye in your prayers, and uh, and the and that we would be able to start construction, and pray that the Lord continues to provide. Um, I have not, like I told you, I haven't got any info from the structural engineer yet, but it looks like we're probably, right now we have about $25,000, uh, but because of the soil test that they did, and they're saying that we're going to need to build a basement, which in the long run will be great because it'll be another space for us to have, but that adds uh, extra cement and extra steel, which is the the steel is really expensive right now in Peru. Cement has gone back down. Uh, so, But things have doubled and tripled in price, just like they have here. And so, so construction is going to be more, cost more. Uh, but um, Lord willing, uh, we'll be able to, to get that started. And what, what our goal is, um, Lord willing, like I said, is, is to... Help the church get the basement and get that first floor, the, the first floor. And then from there, little by little, hopefully yearly, they can just uh, save, start saving. And little by little, build. So, you know, it's a small lot. So we're trying to build up. So the pro projection is five floors. And it's possible to have six, but the projection is to have five floors uh, and um one will be a whole kind of gym kind of area and uh, bathrooms where we can host people and they, they can just sleep there on the floor when they come in for conferences and stuff like that. People in Peru are used to that. It's so, uh, that's, so that's not a big deal, just so you know there. Um, as long, if they have a place to stay, it doesn't matter. if it, I mean, it could be a dirt floor, but that's, that's fine, you know. Uh, so... Anyways, and then a pastor's quarters eventually on the fourth floor, and then a open, open, um, just a open a, a roof roofed in, but open on the sides uh, for the top floor, and um, a fence around it just to be able to have a play area eventually. So, um, 
yeah, so pray for that uh, and uh, pray for our family as well. Um, you know, we're, I think most of you know it's a, uh, we're coming back indefinitely. And so we don't know exactly what the Lord has for us ministry-wise. Honestly, right now, I don't, I'm not sure what's up and what's down because of the past, just like, I, I, past year has just been full, full, full of just going, going, going. And then we haven't even processed the fact that we just got rid of 18 years of life and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, pa- pastors already told me, hey, take your time. Don't, don't worry about that kind of thing. And, and I know that uh, church, our supporting churches have been good as well, basically saying take your time. But in my mind, I'm like, nah, take your time. No, we gotta figure, I got to figure out the next step. What is it that God has for us next? What kind of ministry does he want us to do? And, and uh, you know, I, I, I figure the Lord's going to do what he normally does and say, hey, you just wait on me and I'll tell you in my time. Uh, so, but, but pray for us. Um, people don't think of it as an adjustment coming back to the States when you're from the States, but it is an adjustment. Living overseas for 18 years, um, you have reverse culture shock every time that you come back. And just going into Walmart is enough to send you into a panic as to just, just choices. We have supermarkets in Peru now. Uh, we didn't when we, I mean, there was one or two, but they, I mean, it's just rows and rows of the same stuff, oil, rice, and potatoes, you know, like, so you go into Walmart and there's so many choices, it's it's overload. Um, and right now, it's just one of those things where you don't feel comfortable either way. Uh, you, you know, we're not, yeah, we're from the States, but we're... We're just kind of weird missionaries that are in the, in the in no man's land right now. Like, what do we do? Um, you know, the other day I was trying to pay for gas, and we don't pay for gas in Peru. You're not allowed to get out. You're not allowed to pump. I mean, it's because of robbery. <laughs> so they pump their gas for you, and you prepay. Uh, so I mean, I'm sitting there like, oh, man, which one does the card go in? Does it go in this one? I was trying to stick it up where the receipt comes out. You know. Um, we, we don't throw toilet paper in the, in the, in, in the toilet, uh, because we don't have, uh, sewer, sewer sanitation stuff. So, um, you know, that sounds little, but you got to get used to that. Um, the choices in cereal alone are astronomical. I mean, I mean, in the, in the, in the, in Peru, it's like, okay, you can get, Honey bunches of oats, you can get Fruit Loops or Tricks or some generic Cheerios, but and then that's it, you know. So it's not like you have to choose. Uh, and then a lot, uh, and everything else is just depends on if you can find it or not. If all the other missionaries haven't bought them out, you know, you we used to tell the missionaries when stores got stuff, and then now we don't even bother. Like, no way, I'm not telling them. I mean. You, you tell missionaries, hey, they got Dr. Pepper at the, at the store, and then next thing you know, it's all out. You know? So we stopped telling everyone. Like, they can figure out for themselves if they got it. Um, but, yeah, pray, pray for us. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment being back in the States. It's an adjustment having to abide by traffic laws. I mean, I can pass anyone I want in, in Peru on the, on the side street. Um, I can honk all I want. I mean, like here, someone doesn't go, I'm ready to honk. I mean, in Peru, it's stressful. Just try driving. You have to have three ways. You have to know, okay, if this guy goes here, this is where I'm going. This is my out if, if, if they stop right in front of me. Most people don't have brake lights. They don't use turn signals. Um, lights are, you know, you can't take a red on right. You can't take a right on red. Um, but you can take a right on, uh, you can take a left on red. Uh, it's, so it's, it's a big adjustment. So pray for us, you know, pray for us. It's, uh, um, we're just trying to pray. We want to follow the Lord. We want to be faithful to him. And so, so pray for that. And uh, we got some appointments scheduled uh, for the girls uh, to get some, uh, their IEP and some evaluations done and see what the next step is for that. So uh, Lord's, Lord's been good, real good to us, and um, 
I, I don't want to ever come across that it, he hasn't because he has. And, uh, and it's been hard. It's, it's, it's still hard um, uh, knowing that we're not going back. But I was telling pastor's wife that uh, it, it hasn't quite sunk in because this is pretty normal. We come home, we're here for six months, we go back to Peru. So probably in about six months when we don't go back, it'll kick in like, oh, we're not going back. Uh, so um, pray for us. You know, we still have a heart for Spanish-speaking people, for Spanish-speaking ministry, and we don't know what the Lord has uh, with that. But, I, you know, we don't believe he, he had us in a Spanish-speaking country for the past 18 years to not use that either, so. Um, go with me to the book of Luke tonight. Luke and um, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And uh, I won't keep you real long preaching tonight. I just want to give you some things that... Um, a few simple things from God's Word, but... Probably the hardest... The simple things are the hardest for us to put in practice as Christians. Uh, so, Luke chapter 5, if you found your spot there, let's read verses 1 through 11. If you want, like to stand for the reading of God's Word. Luke 5, 1 to 11 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them. And were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the privilege to be back at our home church. Thank you, Lord, for this church's faithfulness. Uh, thank you for their heart for missions as well. Pray you bless your word tonight that it would not return void, but accomplish all that you have for it. Most of all, that you would uh, let me point others to you and your name be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quick, uh, thank you all. I forgot to thank you all, but thank you all uh, for everything over these. You all have been, this, this church plant was with Wenton Place Baptist Church, uh, that Faith Baptist Church um, since 2012. Uh, it is, 2012 is when we started uh, Faith Baptist Church when we went back um, after being here a year. And so thank you all very much uh, again for your prayers and support and and just again, uh, real quick, just keep praying for the church. Economically, yes, the church has formed and is their own entity, but uh, they still need a lot of help economically. We're still paying the rent at the church, at, at the place we're at now. Uh, we're supporting Paul to try to help him. He's working. Uh, he's, he works as well uh, four days a week. Um, and so just keep that in your prayers. Uh, but again, Lord's been good. He allowed us to find a, a place uh, much cheaper in rent. That if if something happens where we can't support, uh, the church will be able to to pay their rent. Um, it'd be hard for them, but they will be able to. So if something happens where we couldn't, so um, two things I forgot about that. But again, thank you all so much um, for for just everything over these years uh, that in Peru and and for what's ahead as well. Thank you ahead of time. Yeah, um, I want to talk to you about launch out into the deep. I know this passage that we're looking at is, is familiar to most of you here on a Sunday night. And um, in this passage, Jesus had already begun his earthly ministry. Uh, he had already kind of did a, I don't know if you could call it like a soft call to, to John, 
and James and Peter and Andrew, and they had followed him uh, on one of his ministry journeys, but they weren't following him full time, as we would say. They weren't um, all in, and uh, so they were. Uh, they 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 went with him on on some trips, uh, but you know they had been fishing all night and they were cleaning their nets when Jesus began to teach by the seashore. And Jesus is about to change everything to call them uh, into a deeper relationship and to launch out into the deep. And you know in our Christian lives. There are always moments um, that God wants to draw us closer to Him. Obviously, he, also, he always wants us closer to Him. But there are specific moments that He uses in our lives to do that and, and to draw us closer and, and to bring us into a deeper relationship with Him. And the way that we respond to His commands in our life is what determines whether or not we go deeper in our relationship with Him or not. And I know most of you here tonight have have probably seen that in in your Christian life over the years. I know that in our almost 18 years in Peru, uh, the Lord showed this to me time and time again. You know, I would think, okay, well, we got that covered. And then the Lord would say, no, you need, you, you, you got some lessons to learn. You need to go a little bit deeper. And, uh, and he'd, and he'd call me, and then I'd resist, and then eventually um, surrender and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You were right about that, Lord. Um, but uh, first thing I want us to see tonight is, is to launch out into the deep, you have to be available. You have to be available. In verse number one, uh, Jesus was by the seashore, and in verse two, he saw two ships. It says, one was Simon's, and, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship in verse number 3. And verse 4 says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now if we're going to go deeper with Christ, uh, we've got to be available to go deeper. And, um, you know, Peter was washing his nets. He was getting them ready to fish later that night. But he was available when Jesus called him. And the question for us tonight is, are we available when God calls? Um, I haven't been back much. I've been back a week and a couple days, a few days now in, in the States. But one thing I know is the pace of life here is a lot faster than ours in Peru. And uh, and I know that there's so much going on. And, and it's not... Most of the time, it's not bad things going on in our lives here in the States. It's, they're good things. But we're so busy that we don't have time. If, if God were to say, hey, I want you to do this, we don't have the time to say, okay, Lord. Well, we have to say, hey, I'm busy right now, but maybe tomorrow I can do that for you. And, and, and the question is, are we available? Because if we're going to go deeper with Christ, deeper in that relationship, then we have to be available. And, and, and that is something that you have to be intentional about. You have to make yourself available. Uh, because in our day and age, everybody wants a piece of your time. And what happens is, well, God gets the hour on Sunday morning or the hour and a half on Sunday morning, and He gets the hour on Sunday night, and He gets maybe an hour on Wednesday. And, and that's about all we can do. And we say, well, pastor, is, is that, um, isn't that good? Well, in our day and age, people think yeah, that's a feat. Yeah, like I'm here Sunday morning, I'm here Sunday night, I'm here Wednesday night. What more do you want? But God wants so much more for us outside of Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights. Or, and we need to make ourselves available for that. Um, I find interesting here too that not only was Peter available, but his possessions were available. So his, his person and his possessions. Jesus saw that he had a ship, a boat, a little boat probably. Not a ship, I guess I should say, but um, his boat was available for God as well. 
And a lot of times we are willing to give God one or the other, but not both. So you can, you can either have my material things, but not my time, or you can have my time and not my things. Uh, a lot of times that's our attitude. But if we're going to go deeper, we both, everything has to be available to God because it's all His in the first place. And when we, when, when we start looking at it like it's ours, it's my time, it's my person, it's, they're my things. When that isn't available, then we aren't available. And when we aren't available, we can't go deeper. So are you and I available? Now, the second thing I want us to see here tonight is to launch out into the deep. We have to obey. So availability is the ability that God wants from us. He doesn't need us, which is, which is the, the, the ironic thing, I guess, if, if I want to say ironic. But, you know, God doesn't need us. He's got all the power he needs. It's not like, oh, man, I need, God needs my strength or my power. He doesn't. But when we make ourselves available, that's when His power can shine and be used through us for others. But the next step is to obey. Look at verse number 5. It says, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Now, remember, what was Peter's profession? He was a fisherman. So if anybody knew when to fish, where to fish... It was Peter. And yet now he's got a carpenter telling him, launch out into the deep and let your net down because you're going to catch a bunch of fish. Now how many of us would, would have done that? How many of us would have been willing to obey? Especially if we had fished all night without catching anything. Like, okay, well, what's this guy trying to do? He needs to know his role. He needs to stick to what he's good at. He's a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing. Which is kind of amazing that Peter, we don't read of Peter saying that, right? Because when you think of Peter and his impetuousness and just insert foot in the mouth, right? And, and that's what we think of Peter a lot of times. He doesn't do that here. Which, which is, you know, something uh, curious, interesting to me. But we got to be willing to obey when God asks something of us that doesn't make sense. And the question is, are we? Are we willing to obey? I'm willing to not bet, but I don't know the other term for it right now, <laughs> that in most of your lives that God has asked you to do something that hasn't made sense to you at some point in your Christian life. And you've said, well, this makes absolutely no sense, and I don't know why in the world I'm doing it, but God said to, so I'm doing it. Right? I mean, I, I, I used to, I couldn't count the number of times that that happened in, in my life. Now I can't remember the number of times God has said, hey, do this. And I'm like, well, that makes exactly, that makes no sense whatsoever, Lord. Um, but over the years... Um, he keeps growing me, keeps showing me, just do it. And I'm like, well, are you, are you sure? Because that doesn't make sense. You know, uh, when the Lord was saying, hey, you need to go after this land uh, in Peru that we were, you know, uh, riding churches. I, my mind went back to 2019 and, and, and pastors that told me, hey, it is impossible. And I'm thinking, well, why in the world... Why do I want to add something else to stress me out when I know we're leaving in, you know, in April? I'll just leave it in Paul's hands. He can do it. You know, it's up to God and Paul. But the Lord said, no, do it. And he provided. It didn't make sense to me. And there's, in, 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 a, lot of, 
in a lot of um, ways, our move doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me right now. But at the same time, I know it's what God has told us to do. He's shown us abundantly, this is what you need to do right now. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier obeying. But notice here, real quick, in verse 3, that we read that Jesus, he, it, he prayed Peter. He said he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Obedience comes in steps in our Christian lives, depending a lot on our response to what Jesus commands of us, what God commands of us. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that he, he first, he asked him. He doesn't command him. He asked him. He says, he, pray, I, he prays him, go out a little bit. And that's normally where the Lord starts. He doesn't start out real, real tough with us. He starts out with little things. It's, hey, read your Bible every day. It's pray. It's be a witness. It's be at church when the doors are open. And our response to those things depends on what comes next and whether our relationship deepens or not. And the deeper you go, the harder those ask get. Right? The deeper you go, yeah, the commands start coming. It's, it's no longer, hey, I'm asking you to do this. It's, I'm telling you to do this. I've shown you what I can do. You know what I've done in your life. Now just do it and trust me. And that's what Peter had to do here. And that's what we have to do in our Christian lives. Um, and a good majority of the times is just say, okay, Lord, you've been faithful. I know that I know all I have all this evidence of what you can do and what you've done. And so I'm going to trust you and obey. Uh, you know, we have to do what the hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And tonight, if if um, you are a Christian for any have been for any length of time, you know that that. Until you obey, and even the little step, you are miserable. And God will make you miserable until you obey in that step and take that step. Um, so if we're going to launch out, we have to be available. We have to be willing to obey. We need that nevertheless kind of faith. Verse 5, Peter says, nevertheless at thy word. He says, because you said it, I'm going to do it. And it's interesting, he calls him master. Showing he recognizes who Jesus is. He might not have known everything at that time that Jesus could do or was going to do, but he said, master, nevertheless at thy word. And that's, that's what we need if we're going to go deeper, is that nevertheless kind of faith. Nevertheless, because you said it, I'm going to do it. And And... It doesn't matter whether you're the pastor, a preacher, a missionary, evangelist, a deacon, Sunday school teacher, or just a faithful person coming to church. He's going to ask you, then he's going to command you, and then you have to decide whether you're going to obey or not. And that's going to determine whether you're going to be able to launch out into the deep or not. Uh, let's look at one more thing tonight. Um, Last of all, to go deeper with God, we must submit. We must submit. Now look with me at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Have you ever been astonished at what God has done in your life? I mean... Um, Beck and I are astonished, seriously, at what God has done in just a few months in Peru. And I told our people in Peru, I got a lot of uh, um, remorse, I think is the word, because why didn't I trust God sooner? Why didn't I obey sooner? Why didn't I have more faith sooner? You know, but, but God knows that as well. And he, he takes it step by step and then... He knows when we're ready for this next step, to submit. 
Um, verse number 10 says, And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Sorry, I just about said hermanos. I'm used to saying brothers. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, going deeper with Christ requires submission. Uh, now, what's the difference between obedience and submission? Um, I like the way um, H.B. Charles Jr., I don't know if you, you all know him, uh, preacher, he, he said it this way, obedience is action, submission is attitude. Obedience is action, submission is attitude. So you can obey without submitting, but you cannot submit without obeying. And that's an important part of the Christian life. Because God knows our attitude, right? He knows all inside. He knows, you could say, okay, I'll do it, but I'm not going to like it. Just like when we're kids and we got to clean up our room because mom and dad ask us or or when, when you got to go into work early or stay late because the boss asks you, you might do it, but you're not going to like it, right? Well, with God, He knows exactly you're not liking it. He knows when you're submitting or not. And this is a big step for us to go deeper in our Christian lives, to go deeper in our relationship with Him, not just obeying in action, but submitting all of who we are, all of what He's given us to Him, submitting our attitude and saying, okay, I don't understand, or, hey, maybe I do understand and I don't like it, but I'm going to submit to you because you are Lord, you are Master, you've said this is what I need to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And that is when we go deeper. But if we're not willing to submit that deeper relationship, that launch out into the deep that we need in our Christian life, doesn't happen. Peter recognized who Jesus was. He recognized that the amount of fish that they had caught, the time of day that they had caught it, he knew, hey, <laughs> this isn't natural, right? You know, the fishermen knew you went out into the deep at night. You dropped your nets at night. You fished in the deeper parts at night in the Sea of Galilee. And yet Jesus was calling him at midday to say, drop your net. You guys have fish know, how many fish bite at midday? <laughs> Unless you found a shade tree, right? But Jesus, because Jesus said it, Peter did it. And again, we know Peter. He was not a perfect man. He didn't obey. He didn't submit every time. And you and I aren't going to do that every time either. But the times that we do are the times that we're going to go deeper with God. So, this evening, are you ready to launch out into the deep? Are you ready to go deeper into your relationship with God? Or do the deep waters scare you? You have waters that you have to swim in, waters that you don't, can't touch the bottom, waters that you can't see what's at your feet. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. I, I don't like swimming in the ocean unless it's like super clear because I don't like not being able to see whatever's down there at my ankles. And a lot of times we don't want to in the Christian life, we don't want to take that step unless we can see where that step's going to go. We want to dive off the deep end unless we can see exactly how deep is that. You know, if you're in a pool, you know, hey, that's 10 feet deep. If you're in a lake, you don't know. And God says, trust me. Notice that it's after Peter's obedience and submission and availability that Jesus says, fear not from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Same thing in our lives. It's after those steps, taking that step of being available, obeying, and submitting 
that then Jesus says, okay, now you're going to see some fruit. Now you're going to reap some harvest. Now you're going to catch men. But do we want to launch out into the deep? Are we available when he calls us? Are we obeying when he commands us? And are we submitting? Thank you for your attention. Let's pray, and I'll turn the service over to Pastor. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening. Once again, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you so much for the things that you teach us and show us from your word. And Lord, I just ask tonight, maybe there's someone here that um, needs to take a step of faith. Maybe someone who knows that you've been working in their life for them to go deeper, you want them to do maybe more for you and take a step of faith. I pray that you'd help them to be obedient to what you're asking, what you're commanding them to do this evening. I pray you help us all, Lord, to, to be intentional about being available when you call. Help us to be intentional about knowing when those divine moments are in, in our day that you've arranged people for us to talk to and, and places for us to go, help us to, obe- to be obedient in the different areas of life that, that you call us to obedience and submission. And help us not to just uh, do it out of obligation, but do it with a good attitude. Forgive us for where we failed you in this. And again, Lord, we ask that your name be honored and glorified. Lord, and if there is someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, that your word would work, that they would know you as their Lord and Savior this evening. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.